like the most craziest crap happening, like like Shaq coming out, like beating someone up and getting like run over by Batman's car, and like like Abraham Lincoln coming out and like hitting him with an AK forty seven. Dude, I don't know how I. That's actually in it, and I memorized it. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, people of all ages? Welcome back to the AOA show. I'm your host, as always, Ian, along with the boys, Isaiah. Oh, hi, yo. And Gavin. What is Gucci flip flop? (laughs) (laughs) We're talking Tower of God. We're hitting. Episodes 318 to 326. Y'all ask questions in our Discord, and we are here to answer them. We took the top seven most upvoted questions in the TOG questions section of our Discord, and we're going to answer them today. So hopefully you guys enjoy it, and if you guys don't know what the hell I'm talking about right now, you're a newcomer to the channel. Every time we have a live stream, which you can catch on the AOA Reacts channel, the link is in the description down below, Mm. on Sundays at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, One hour after that stream is concluded, you have your chance to ask any question pertaining to those chapters and pertaining to Tower God, obviously, in that channel. And if it gets upvoted, we might just answer it on our discussion video here. Mm. So that's what we're going to do today. If you Mm. guys like the content today, make sure you guys are liking, subscribing, hitting that notification bell, sharing with your friends, commenting your thoughts down below. What did you think of these questions, our answers to them, our generalized discussion here, these chapters for Tower of God? These were a lot of fun ones to read. They were jam-packed. We had some laughs. Definitely go check out that live stream as well and sub to the AOA Reacts channel. But... Anyway, without further or do, also, full disclaimer, we are straight up shot right now. So oh, we yeah. might just diverge into just, like I am right now, we yeah. might just diverge into just like some craziness at some point. Um, it's been like this basically all day. We're sleep deprived. We've been doing a lot of work. 100%. Um, if you pee in a pot, is it yellow? Exactly. And pee comes from the nuts. That's why it's called peanuts. All right. So we're going to get to the first question here. Gavin, take it away. <laughs> now. <laughs> John at dawn. Thank you. So our first question is, so we have now reached the point where Han Sung Yu is unquestionably an ally to the heroes. Unquestionably. Big words, my friend. Uh, (laughs) Do you feel like his character arc starting from the hidden floor and leading uh, and leading here was handled well? Do you think Han Sung knew who Bam was from the get go and still treated him poorly anyway? Was he so harsh because he thought it was necessary to teach Bam or is he just kind of a sadistic bastard? Well, he's adorable enough to be a sadistic bastard and me to be okay with it. So I'm going to get that out of the way first. But I actually, I so I've been, honestly, this is going to be so biased because I've always been a Han Sung Yu fan, a stan. I don't know why. He's just amazing. And who doesn't love a guy who could just drink a gallon of coffee every second? So, I mean, it's just <laughs> amazing. at the top of my list. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I'm sure every female or, or, or whoever yeah. on Tinder. Yeah, has to be able to lift my weight and drink it in coffee. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's it. Or don't even talk. You know, keep, keep swiping. Yeah. So I personally think that um, his character arc has been pretty good since the Hidden Floor arc and leading into now. I it, I thoroughly enjoyed it on the Hidden Floor. I liked almost that weird, like, you didn't know if he was a good guy, bad guy. I mean, I would still say that we don't know for sure. I mean... It's more based off of the past. Um, obviously, he is with Fug, so he is going to do some sort of Fug bidding, which we have seen before, and why he's coming out to help Bam now. So he does want Bam to, you know, reach Fug's objective. So, you know, he is going to help him. 
obviously because of that relationship. Um, however, either way, I still really like the hidden floor arc, especially him specifically being a fan of him. I like seeing him more and like actually doing something that's not just, you know, sitting off in the corner, like just crying himself to sleep. Um, do, do I think that he knew from the get go who Bam was? I do. Um, like many people who I think just knew of Bam's existence coming into the tower and kind of, you know, funneled him into where he needed to go. I mean, maybe not like, I, is it, wait, do you think Hansing knew who Bam was from the get go? So, I mean, maybe not when he first saw Bam and was like, I know who you are. I've been expecting you. But then again, like I just seeming from the hidden floor arc when Bam came in, he's like, I've been waiting for you. Like, I, I feel like for a long time, even though it might not have Bam been Bam initially, I feel like he was waiting for someone, but didn't know who it was. And then, you know, in learning Bam was a regular and like his potential, I feel like that maybe was like the little like light that flashed in his mind where it's like this could probably be who we needed. And then in seeing him grow, he was like, this is, you know, the person we've been waiting for. And then obviously led to that very dark path that put Bam in a bad place. So, um, you know, whether from the get go or not, he definitely knew. Um, and at least was waiting for someone to show the signs of who he was looking for to enter the tower, which was Bam. Um, and yeah, I think that's most of it. Uh, and why did he still treat him poorly? I mean, honestly, just Bam's personality. He, um, I mean, it was kind of like why they put him in that spot to begin with. He was just always so nice and such a good person. And he'd like, he wasn't someone who would necessarily bend to the whim of fug if it was just offered because of almost like his like blind kindness. So they tried to like put him down into a dark place, to, like rebuild him in a sense. And it's just Bam is that pro tag goon. So it's just not going to work in general. So um, yeah, it's, it's a bit of both, but um, yeah, that is, that is my breakdown on Hansung. All right. So we'll take a, Stab at this. Um, do you feel like his character arc starting from the hidden floor and leading here was handled well? I'm actually still in the dark. I'm going to be honest with you. Maybe a little bit more of a harsh critic on this one. And I'm curious to see where this character goes from here. Um, because my... I was wondering... I was thinking... I w I'm like... I wondered if the hidden floor was actually, weirdly enough, the beginning and the end of Han Sung Yu's arc. Where it was like... Han Sung Yu takes a prominent part in the beginning of the story in order to get Bom, you know, to uh, fall for his plan and and for everything to go off without a hitch and do that. But then I, you know, can't help but think there's a knowing that Bom, that that version of Bom is going to meet his younger self at some point. And what he has to do is pave the way for him in some way, shape or form to dismantle the hidden floor and get all this thing going. And it's almost like that's where his arc ends. It's almost like some way weird Doctor Who thing, if anyone's familiar with that show, where it's like a lot of times the last version of yourself is seeing the first version of someone else, but it's like that's where they start. It's some weird, crazy crap. The reason I say that is because it seems like Han Sung Yu now, um, I, I guess I would like some more answers as to why he came to the initial floor and what his plan was besides getting bombed to be a slayer if there was one. Because when once Jihad issues the order, they find him they find him and go to kill him immediately. So I was like, oh, wait a minute. So I guess like Jihad, once he decided to give a shit, like or anyone who knew who Fug was, like kind of knew that he was a prominent figure in Fug, right? Like that would have to be my assumption going into it. So it doesn't seem like there was. I always thought that there was like this. I'm gonna play like on the down low. People might not know. I'm gonna take over this floor. I'm gonna like enact these things. But it seems like it was pretty common knowledge, at least some of the higher ups. So I wonder then what his reasoning was besides you know, 
finding, you know, waiting for bomb to come in that scenario. I wonder if he has more purpose beyond that because now it seems like he's just like, okay, they came to kill me. So now I'm going to like fight them head on. And it's like this whole like shroud of mystery is still there with Han Sung in general. Cause it's like, how does he know all the things he knows, et cetera. But like the fact that it's like, okay, I'm, I'm pretty damn out in the open with the fact that like, I oppose that now cause you guys came to kill me. I don't know. Gavin, you're, so you're I, racking. I, I don't know if I misunderstood you, but Jihad, like they sent him after, um, or Jihad sent his people at Han Sung Yu because they, Han Sung Yu allowed someone like Bam to leave that first initial floor. So that, that is why that Han Sung Yu knew that Bam was an irregular and allowed him to pass through. Although it was more of a back door because actually he, Bam didn't pass the normal rate. He actually, remember, he got pushed off, and then he went through, like, a weird backdoor system through Fug. Uh, so that's why, is now that they know of Bam's existence right. and how strong he went through, everybody has to get funneled through Hansung's floor, and the fact that he let this happen is why Jihad is like, okay. I am sending my men after you. Gotcha. I'm going to highlight backspace, and I'm going to restart this memo. So um, <laughs> <laughs> pretend I never said that, because that's my bad. Um, okay, that actually changes things slightly, but not fully. So it changes it in the sense that it's like, okay, they didn't know that he was part of Fug necessarily. He just like really messed up there in the eyes of Jihad. I guess my question now is what his purpose is going forward. If he had, if he had a plan beyond that, it doesn't seem like he did because he was pretty willing to accept death. So I wonder if the plan the whole time was like, my job is to get bombed to whatever next stage he needs to. Mm -hmm. And then I know, or maybe it was coincidental that he had met him in the hidden floor, but like, I have a feeling he's like, I know this version of bomb or bomber viol is going to meet me later on in, in, in the hidden floor. And I will talk to him there. I know that something's coming, etc. And like, that's the end of my story. Like mm -hmm. that's where, it, that's where it lives and ends because yeah. now going forward with his character, once this is all kind of like cats out of the bag, I see him as more of like a, oh, okay, I'm here and I'm helping you guys fight type thing. But one of the things that really was appealing to me about Han Sung Yu was the absolute mystery that not only surrounded him as a person, because I believe he still has that for sure, and I'm curious to find that out, but also with what his plan was beyond that. And, and that's what I'm saying. The fact that he was willing to be like, okay, this is the end of the road. I wonder, I can't help but wonder if like, okay, I guess that was the plan. You know what I mean? To like go there, take over the floor mm -hmm. and then just like make sure bomb got out of there and like then his plan's done. So I don't know. I'm curious to see in the future how he gets incorporated into the story without making it seem like he got hand-fisted in just because people mm -hmm. like him. Um, I don't know where we go from here. So I think the arc is done well. I'm just concerned about where his arc goes from here because it seems like he was just kind of saved from death in that moment. Um, but I don't know what what else he's working towards, you know? So, curious about that. Um, do you think Hansung knew who Bomb was from the get-go? Yes. And still treated him poorly anyway? Yes. I think it might have been some weird thing, like Itachi thing, where it's like, your hate, you know what I mean? Like you have to get strong through X thing. And it's like, bottom line is like, I know who you're going to be, but it's, you know, like you have a job to do and it's to come up here and smite Jihad. Um, and like, I'm kind of not letting that go to the wayside. Um, was he so harsh because he thought it was necessary to teach bomb or he just kind of, I, or is he just sadistic? I actually think it's a little bit of a mixture of both, but I do think that I would like to believe that it was more in line with the former. Um, he thought it was necessary because when we have, what leads me to believe that is because when Jin Sung Ha comes to him and he's like, this kid's untrainable, like blah, blah, blah. Han Sung Yu seems to talk in a sense that's maybe not highly of him, but it seems like he has some sort of belief backs him in up. bomb. Yeah. He backs him up yeah. in that moment. And for, and somebody that would just sadistically just want to like beat the hell out of him for whatever reason. I don't think he would have like, 
went to bat for bomb like that when somebody had doubts about him when he was basically just like give it a minute like this kid's a prodigy like you know i do think it was more of the former where he's like it's a necessary thing because bomb is just so nice it's almost to a fault and he's like okay we need a guy that's going to be kind of stone cold killer and like you're really not fitting into that mold so I'm, i think i might have to force you into that mold um but those are my thoughts on the matter uh, I do, I do like Han Sung Yu's character arc. I don't think it's done yet because I, I don't know. They there's this very like obvious connection between Han Sung Yu and Jin Sung with this idea that people in Fug one of their main driving motivations is the hatred that they have for Jihad and the system and like the Empire. Um, and, and Han Sung Yu specifically even goes so far as to say that like that's one of his greatest fears. It's not dying, but it's that, that those emotions subsiding eventually or, or, or sure, you know, sure. him not feeling as strongly uh, as he does about Jihad now, you know, later. So I think that while if, if you look at it chronologically, like Data, Jihad, or, um, Data Han Sung, like going through the hidden floor, we got to see sort of like where he was when he was young and then, you know, through the course of the hidden floor – his, his character develops a little bit and he gets a little bit more like wise and privy to like the bigger picture, right? That like this tower and, and subsequently the world here is not just about like him and him getting what he wants and him looking as good as possible. And so I think whatever happened, you know, like you said, sort of still the mystery that remains with this character, whatever happened between the him completing the hidden floor and getting to where he is now, you know, that's a large gap of time to fill. And, and I'm assuming is what, put him in sort of the mindset he was in when we met Han Sung all the way back in season one. Uh, but I, I wonder where his character is going to go now, because now from the moment that we met him in season one, up until these couple of chapters, it does kind of seem like he's, he had taken this role of like, all right, I'll do my part, but like, I'll do my part as, as in greeting the regulars that enter the tower. Right. And I'm going to sort of be like the guy that checks them and make sure that like, they're all clear to go up. Um, but wasn't taking a very active role in this fight with Fug. Again, like, you know, he was helping them, like, by not, like, he was helping them from the sidelines or from the shadows or however you want to phrase it. Um, but I think these chapters lately, and maybe it's this, like, you know, it, this conversation he had with Yvonne Kell, um, or, or not meeting he had with because that, that co- the flashback to that conversation happened a long, much longer time ago. But, like, I think this has sort of, like, kick-started this thing in Han Sung where he's like, okay, if I'm so afraid of this feeling dying or, or, or you know, sort of, like, uh, diminishing, like, I need to do something about it now. Like, people, you know, people could use my help now, and, like, so that's what I'm going to do. So I think I think he's going to remain a much more rel- relevant character in the story, but it's, like, by means because he's now decided to become a more, like, uh, relevant character in terms of he's shifting from, you know, which is ironic considering he tr- was one of the people who trained Bam, he's now shifting from a much more reactive and, like, sideline shadow character to somebody who's going to be a little bit more... And I don't think he's going to be, like, you know, main character following Bam in the party around, but I do think he's going to be much more involved in, like, Fug's fight against Jihad and his empire. Mm. Um, do I do I think Han Sung knew who Bam was? Yeah, I do, because my main thing was going to be the thing you pointed out, which was the conversation with Jin Sung, when he was like, yeah, I think we should just drop this kid. He's not, like, cutting out. And Han Sung was like... Don't worry about it. I think, I, and I think again, if you go, but now that we have the context from the hidden floor, like Hansung definitely knew. And when I say he knew who Bam was, I don't even think he knew that like this kid Bam, who's got brown hair and yellow eyes, like sure. like he didn't know, but he knew 
that the kind of person Bam is was going to come into the tower mm-hmm. at some point, and that's why I think again helping folk from the shadows, he requested to be down on this floor of test. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch and check every regular that comes through here, yeah. so that when he that this person does come, I will be one of the first people that meets exactly. Them. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, I do think he knew who he was or you know who who this kind of person was from the very get go. And yeah, I do think the main reason that he was so hard on Bam is is a, like Ian said, a mixture of both. He's uh, like you know ba- the the journey and the the mission that Bam is going to have to go on is not going to be easy, and he's and he might ultimately end up having to either let people die or kill people himself, right? Yeah. And so Han Song is going to have to find. I think in his mind, he was like, I need I need him to know either a how to do that and b be okay with that happening around him because that's mm-hmm. just going to be like it's going to be a second nature thing. Um, and yeah, he's a little bit of a sadist. <laughs> I think he likes bullying people. <laughs> yeah, he's a little crazy. Plus, it's like you were saying, him kind of running a vetting check for each person that comes in and him not necessarily maybe knowing who Bomb specifically, brown hair, mm-hmm. whatever, uh, is. You tend to see a lot of times in uh, these fights and in anime generally, it's like the more powerful people become in their ability or whatever, just in general they always seem to have this innate ability to be able to sense somebody else's ability and yeah. power for no apparent reason. It's like they never explain. It's like, oh, we have this power. It just like kind of comes with the territory. It's sure. like you are that strong. Strength recognizes strength. Yeah. So, or if something's off. So I feel as if, you know, that presence of bomb when it came, it's like, mm. ah, that's who you are. It's like, yeah, he yeah. just knew, right? It just clicked like yeah, a yeah. sixth sense. I don't know. But anyway, good question. Uh, we're going to hop into the second one here, and is it is from The Only Way 029. Thank you for the question. The Only Way asks, Jin Sung Ha seems to certainly know a ton of powerful people, Jihad and now Caliban. Predictions on how they know each other and how this fight ends, who wins? Good question. Um, I think actually to kind of piggyback what I was just talking about, uh, and I've talked about this in previous discussions about uh, Jihad and the Ten Great Families kind of ascending so far above um, the common folk, quote-unquote, as it were, that it's, even if they weren't arrogant, um, it's kind of hard to be able to play on the same field as them anymore just due to them destroying the field if they hit a baseball. Like, you sure, know, sure. Uh, my point is is that it's just like there's just so much of a gap of power and stuff that it's like they don't even understand, like, what we are. We're just, like, we're just above them on that level. But... Uh, Strength recognizes strength. And people that are on that level, being that there is such a small handful of them, I feel like all of those people are going to know each other, right? If it's your, if you're like the top 25 of whatever you are in your craft, I would wager to say mo- more times than not, you're probably going to know, if you are also one of those top 25, you're probably going to know majority of the people within that top 25. Even if you don't uh, you know, talk with them actively or whatever, you're going to know their names for the most part. So sure. I do think that because Jin Sung Ha is so damn powerful and is so high up and is from a, a royal family and all that kind of jazz, that he is just, it's, it's going to be you know, a matter of time. They're in such a small room in such a small space that they, he bumps into these people, you know, because he's just able to brush shoulders with them and not get killed. <laughs> um, so it's just, you know, he's, he's able to do that. So I think that might be why he knows him. A crazy outlandish theory would be that um, Jin Sung Ha is the family head. That'd be nuts. But he's like doing this like super crazy thing where it's like he just like eradicated, the, he just uh, abdicated the position. And, um, and like they're just kind of, acting like there's a family head like they instilled someone you know what i mean like some crazy thing that's totally pulled out of my ass i have no proof to that whatsoever but i think it'd be some crazy twist if it was uh doubt it though but i think for my first reason particularly it's just a matter of time before he runs into these people and 
conversates with him, etc. Uh, predictions on who wins this fight in the end? It's kind of hard uh, to really gauge it now because we've literally just seen this guy's hairdo and his eyeballs so far in terms of Calvin and him say Rhapsody <laughs> on the piano, and that's it. You know what I mean? Like all, <laughs> yeah, right. What am I talking about? Uh, he wins, duh. So really, all we've got was kind of the hype from the fans yeah. being like, "This guy is nuts," and I'm sure he is. If if Jin Sung Ha is like kind of taking this seriously, he's smoking a cigarette now, you know it's real, right? Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. like. Obviously, he's going to be close. Do I know if he wins or not? I can't really judge statistics. I can't be like, well, we all know Caliban has this crazy move versus this. Like, I don't know. I'm going to be honest, too. Jin Sung Ha beats the living shit out of so many opponents that he faces effective immediately that I still haven't even gotten his full 411 on his freaking fighting style besides I blow you up. That's it. I yeah. just know that he's from the Ha family, so he's probably hella durable. That's yeah. it, though. I don't really know his fighting style, per se. Just that yeah, he could eat true. a nuke. We've never you know seen him, saying? like, scratch. Yeah, so it's like he's never gone toe to toe. So I actually, I don't even know the full extent of his power, let alone Caliban's. I just know that we've been with Jin Sung Ha. So yeah. obviously, Jin Sung Ha, we're like, we're probably going to back him in the corner because he's a likable character. He's like Bomb's stepdad, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so like, so you want him to do, yeah, 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 like you want him to win in, the, in that regard. He's too cool for school. Um, but I don't know if Caliban pulls out some sort of stop or knows his style from what we've heard. Caliban is like super regimented, strict, like battle strategist, um, from what I've heard in some of the comments and stuff like that. So if anyone has a weakness pegged, it could be him and he could exploit it. But I don't know. What do you guys think? Uh, I think sort of, I pretty much agree with you as far as like how they know each other. I think Jin Sung just, you know. <laughs> he's so strong that he can kind of go wherever he wants. And there's not a whole lot of consequence if he bumps into someone like Caliban. It's not like, oh, I shouldn't be here. You know, it's like, yeah. oh, hey, Caliban, what's up? You know, like he could slap him, he gets slapped, and then just do the thing. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think he just game recognizes game. He's been in leagues, he's been in the runs, and he's, he's encountered this guy, uh, you know, either a couple times or, or you know, one time or whatever. Um, but I actually think that, like, just to get into that a little bit more, I think the reason that, like, they – they know each other and seem to have, like, I don't even know if I would say rivalry per se, but, like, they seem, like, I think they've fought before. And okay. I don't think it was, like, to the death, and I don't think it was anything serious, serious. But I think that Jin Sung, who, you know, is a well-established member of FUG and, like, clearly seems to have these ideas about opposing Jihad and, like, going against this this system in place, I think, obviously, because Caliban, at least from my predictions, is probably the exact opposite. Like, he's probably one of Jihad's most diehard fans. Okay. Um, because I think this guy who is the military of this, or the leader of this military, I think he actually really respects and admires this, like, order and empire and militaristic system that Jihad has in mm -hmm. place. And he's like, no, Jihad, Jihad's strong, but, like, that's not why I love him. Like, this is a man with a vision. This is a man with who wants to establish order and law in this tower, and I couldn't agree more with that. So, mm -hmm. like, sign me up. So I think it's their ideologies that cause them to fight. Okay. And, like, after this first fight, like, maybe they came to a draw because they realized, like, if they had to keep going, they would kill it, they won't, them would die. And maybe whatever position they were in at that time, which maybe was, like, when Jin Sung was more associated with the Ha family, um, they were like, oh, we can't do this. But mm. then, so maybe X years, you know, what is years in the tower, uh, Jin Sung leaves. And I don't remember this correctly, but I think when we first met Jin Sung, he was introduced to us as, like, this guy who just like went around killing people from the 10 families, right? Or, or his like, own family or his own something family. like that. He yeah. slaughtered a bunch of his own family. Um, members. So yeah. So I, I guess this leads me into like, as far as who I think would win. I, I don't know. Cause I guess, you know, like you said, and that's fair. I don't know 
literally anything about Caliban in terms of what he's capable of, his techniques. Um, so, like, yeah, I guess I'm going to root for Jin Sung now because I, Jin, you know, Jin Sung's the only thing that I know. <laughs> I only know Jin Sung. Um, but I don't know. Jin Sung did say when he was fighting Macheni, he was like, oh, shit. Like, he kind of made the remark of, like, if Caliban's going to be here, this is going to be tough. So, if Jin Sung is saying that you're a tough opponent for him to fight, like, you know, you can't be a pushover. So, like, but, like, he didn't say, like, fuck, I'm going to have to avoid fighting him. He just said he's going to be tough. Mm. So, was that, like, a he's going to be tough, but I could beat him. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. What do you think? All right. So, I pretty much share Ian on the first one. Uh, I do also have an, or an inkling that they also fought prior. Um, and I actually think Calavan won um, in a weird way. Not in terms of, obviously, he's not dead. Um, but, um. <laughs> Yeah, I do think that, in a weird way, Calavan maybe had the upper hand in that certain scenario, and, you know, Jin Sung might be, you know, smelling out a little bit of a revenge fight, um, you know, to kind of set him in place. And I wonder if um, the cigarette cigarettes in which he smokes actually maybe stems from that fight with Calavan or coming out of it, um, because, obviously, like, uh, it can the line can be drawn that oh he's serious he has a cigarette in like that could be established but um I don't know I like the idea that there may be other like weird maybe more surface level reasons why he has it even if it's like oh like maybe something happened from that fight and then he picked up smoking or maybe it's like you know just in essence Jin Sung's like yeah like every like I'm cool because I smoke and it's like I'm seeing someone who I know is super strong like why would I go up to him like with a lollipop in my mouth? Like that's stupid, you know. Like just from <laughs> like like just like just from like a personality perspective, where he's like, you know, I like if I'm gonna come at this person, like it's gonna be how he like formerly knows me, and like I want to feel like like I want to stroll up there being as cool as I possibly can. Like I'm not gonna be having a lollipop. <laughs> he's try and psych and, him out. <laughs> so, so, well, no, and like and like as weird as that sounds, like people are like that, you know. If they're gonna see someone, if they're gonna see like an idol, for example, obviously this isn't comparative to Jin Sung, but it's like you're gonna want to dress up fancy you're gonna want to look as like as nice as you normally are because like you want to be presentable and i feel like that's just a part of his like image is having that cigarette and it's like you know that kind of also stems with how important this fight is, and it's, it kind of ties everything together um really relevant but you know something on there and then predictions on how this fight ends obviously like, i'm not obviously but i don't think either one of them is going to die um i do feel like if they had prop pride fought if they did fight prior, Calavan probably had the upper hand, and I think this time around, Jin Sung is going to have the upper hand, but obviously it's not. I don't think it's going to be any, like, world of a difference or, like, you know, rubbing his face in the mud or anything like that. Um, and I also think that there might be some talk no jitsu involved from Jin Sung's Ed in terms of, you know, maybe swaying Calavan in a way or throwing him off guard or some there's some sort of conversation that's going to happen that might throw Calavan off or change perspectives or something of that nature and to an extent probably not crazy because i also agree with what isaiah said in terms of him being like a war chief he probably has high respect for jihad so i'm just wondering what jin sung is going to say to him in terms of you know obviously being a high member of fug um so it's definitely going to be an interesting dynamic i would say also beyond that from the small amount we've got from his character profile through comments and stuff so i could eat my words here but it also seems that being that he is very regimented and analytical and no and like no bullshit, he's very strict. I would also assume too he isn't the kind of guy that just like gives into emotion. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. you know, on a mm-hmm. on, on a dime. Yeah. So like if Hod, if Jin Sung Ha just gave him like some talk no jutsu, but it was like, mm-hmm. yo, you really should because like it'd be dope. You know what I mean? <laughs> like that's the cool thing to do. Like find it that's in your heart. Cool you know, like obviously I'm being ridiculous. All the cool but, kids are doing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, all the cool <laughs> kids are doing it. Have a cigarette. Calvin's like, get that shit out of my face. No, but like if he's like, you know, find it within the goodness of your heart to do this, he's yeah, gonna yeah. be like, uh, no. <laughs> and logistically, that makes no fucking sense. So you're gonna have to come out with me with like a math equation or like something like you're gonna have to logistically tell me how i like yeah, why like, does me it f- make more sense to join you guys exactly not, which to be honest it. your argument's probably pretty weak you know from his perspective well, i'm not least. i'm not talking at it like that i i mean more almost like an intimidation thing where it's like oh um, you're working for jihad you're doing xyz thing but in reality you don't know shit what's going on behind closed doors you better watch your bat like like there's ways that you can attack that that isn't like Oh, you like jihad's crap, like blah blah blah. Like, there's gonna be a very sophisticated side of Jin Sung Ha. I feel with the conversation yeah, yeah. that mm. he's really gonna sling stuff at Calavan, and it's gonna throw him off his normal mojo. I feel, and I'm curious to how a Calavan reacts and b how he in a, internalizes said info that Jin Sung is gonna give him because I feel like it's gonna be very integral to the part to the plot and even may give us insight on Bam in the future in terms of progression. I feel like he's gonna he's gonna spill the beans a little bit, not give not throw like cover or anything over it but I do feel like he's just going to throw some very relevant information that we probably won't know to maybe either try to just like throw it at Calavan to see how it sticks or probably throw him off his game or just to see a reaction or like there's going to be sophistication behind it it's not a thing surface level I don't know what it is but I'm curious about it Mm -hmm. I actually think that like He's kind of coming here to just kill Calavan. He could be. Like, I think that the whole, you know, the lollipop thing and the, the motif of that was that, like, you know, these kids were getting to Jin Sung and, and like, uh, like start, sort of starting to get him to open up a little bit. And, you know what I mean? And taking another perspective as far as looking at this fight and how we win it, you know, the wa- the Wang Nan and the bomb way. Um, but I think with Jihad now putting orders to go after bomb, plus Caliban coming to the fray, who maybe if Jin Sung did have some pass altercation that didn't end well, I think he's like, all right, the gloves have to come off. Like, I can't be that, you know, that's what he, he, you know, he burns the lollipop and he's like, this, this is, this is nice, but this yeah. isn't going to cut it. Like, I got to go settle this with him and like, I cannot let him get bombed. So like, if that means I got to end this man's life, that's what I'm doing. Mm. <laughs> like the cigarette. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be interesting. Uh, question three, right. take it away. Question three comes to us from Elag- Elag- Elagus. Elagus. I apologize if that's wrong. Uh, Thank you for the question. It is, what do you think about Mising's character arc? From being the protected one in the beginning, then part of the kids pair with Prince, then growing up through Prince's death and sharing the burden with Wang Nan to to now being a competent fighter in her own right. What do you think is next for her? Uh, In addition by Fire Potato, how proud of our daughter are you? Uh, I'm very proud of our daughter. She's grown up to be a badass berserk mode raging chick. And I'm here for it. Um, but so, yeah, I love Missing's character arc because this was, I'm, I'm going to be honest, something I didn't expect. I did not expect Missing to get this level of development. I kind of sort of thought she was just going to be like one of the observers on the team that, you know, it's like, oh, we like get in a scenario where we need an observer. And it's like, oh, we got Missing, you know, <laughs> she fits in that role. Um, but as far as like combat and really like not just combat for the sake of fighting because like yes it's always good to have these characters that can now hold their own so to speak in a fight but like there is there's growth reason behind why she learns this right like part of a lot of the traumatic things she's experienced was because in those circumstances she was always too weak to do anything about it or or you know not competent of a fighter to step in and save prince's lives or save you know uh arc you know what i mean so her now gaining this ability is like you know, she even frames it beautifully in the when this happens to Bomb, where she's like, 
if I'm not going to be the reason that somebody else on this team dies. Like I'm, I'm, I need to be, and will get strong enough to defend and protect people. Um, so yeah, I really absolutely fuck with that. I think it was cool seeing, and and, and I love that it's also not like hand fisted, where it's like. <laughs> Turns out Missing's just the Hulk <laughs> in her spare time. Um, it's like, no, we saw a little bit of this way back in the workshop when Verdi, like, in the flashback to it again, where Verdi was like, oh, wow, you kind of got this, like, burst of energy thing going. Okay, cool. And then, like, she kind of lets it loose a little bit in the, <coughs> the first round of the workshop battle. And, you know, you're kind of like, oh, she, like, like, but it, like, puts the seed in your head that she's capable of maybe achieving that. But, like, you know, you don't know in terms of, like, actually grabbing that, like, what that looks like for her. Um you know, and then we sort of see her when she way back in the uh, like the whole train city thing when her prince and arc raptor come in for the save against the Myrota guardian. Um, that she's learned this ability to use the observer skill, and like you know, you s- slowly start to see her progressing in in being a a viable unit in combat. All you know, all the way up to now, where she <laughs> straight not, dude. I we, we that stream. I think my top one of my top moments. <laughs> Just watching me sing break that nigga's teeth, bro. Yeah, that was so like un unexpected to be honest. And I, it was it it was it was amazing. I literally felt like in Dorsey, where I was like, "Fuck yeah, girl, fuck him up." Yeah, that was cool. Um, literally knocked his bottom row of teeth. Out. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I, uh, yeah, I, I like I said, I loved all of it. Gavin, what do you think? All right, so what do you think about Meesing's character arc? In the great words of SIU, puberty. <laughs> it's a hell of a drug. <laughs> hell of a drug. And let me tell you, she showed that rage through that berserk mode. I was about it. I think everybody was about it. It was pretty dope. It was pretty dope. No, but um, on a more serious note, yeah, it's awesome. Like, we finally get to see our little girl grow. And um, who doesn't love that? I mean, after the loss of Ark Daddy and Brother Prince, we need it's, 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 it's humbling to see her get to the point where she's at. And, I mean, it's pretty cool, especially where it's like you know that now she can – she can hold herself in a fight and, you know, not have to really, I mean, we have to look at it from the lens of where her level is at as a regular, um, because obviously she's like, we can't expect her to be on BAM level fights and obviously that's not going to be the case. Um, But, you know, it's cool, especially from someone of her age being younger, being able to, you know, take on older guys and, you know, really just break their teeth off, as you said. (laughs) Um, So it's great. And, you know, with moving forward, um, obviously she's going to get more like observer skills and, you know, more practice with her Shinsu and she's really just going to get stronger as a person, especially as she gets older. So I can't wait to see who she brawls in the future and really who she just beats the living crap out of because you <laughs> know, she is just going to be one hard mofo. And I mean, she's always just been the best girl. So, um, I am very proud of my daughter, Misang. make it through puberty. Well, please. Um, because <laughs> let me tell you, some people don't make it out alive. <laughs> I was like, as an old man of 93, let me tell you, (laughs) he's like the youngest one in this group. (laughs) I'm one of them. I've been losing my hair since then, so good luck. Don't go bald. (laughs) You're wild, bro. (laughs) I can accept it. So I mirror a lot of these points that's thing right. <laughs> yeah <laughs> sure I, 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 I had to i mirror a lot of the things that you guys are saying in terms of that we liked it and that we're proud of her mm-hmm. um you know it, it's cute it's not like you know the, th- the thing about me saying is like i'm not really expecting a huge bump a lot of times so that when it does come up i'm pleasantly surprised right yeah. so it's not like i come at me saying and i'm like because, like, you know, if you compare her growth to maybe some other characters in the show, obviously it would not be on par per se, but, like, it's not supposed to be. 
So anything we get from that is just icing on top of the cake, you know? So mm-hmm. I, I do I do like her character uh, arc. It wasn't all that complicated per se, at least right now. Um, she just was training and the fruits of her labor have, have been shown. Now, obviously, Endorsey, you know, qualifies these two opponents as relatively weaker, comparatively speaking. So like Missang is still going against the, she's kind of got like EXP share on, you know, like, you know <laughs> what I mean? Type thing. And it's like, okay, I think these are weak enough, you know, like Missang go get them. But like, it's still nothing to be scoffed at for sure, because this is like, you know, a 13 year old girl going and just like knocking a dude's bottom row of teeth out. So like, she's definitely not to be messed with. She's, uh, she's, she's good for it, but yeah, she's come a long way and uh, I'm proud of her. Uh, I am. I think what's next for her, um, I don't know. I, I don't know how much, well, I guess she's with a man for the long haul. She's got some pretty OP people on her team, but like, I always sometimes get like, I guess some people could just ride up the tower and get virtually a free ride. I mean, like, look at Rachel, um, with, you know, just even though they have no ability within, uh, you know, their themselves besides, being likable or having luck mm. on their side or being resourceful or something like that. I mean, it's stressed in the beginning of the story that a lot of what helps you is luck, at least according to yeah. what is it, heat on or whoever like circumstance um, and circumstance. Right. So, you know, it's not, I'm not going to be like, well, it's ridiculous that she's gotten this far in the tower because then that would be going against the first rule. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I think she can keep going if she rides that stride, but obviously she's going to want to, stay with the squad, um, mm. you know? So I'd hopefully like to see, she just watches out for herself. I'd like to see her get a little bit more of a handle on her power because even from what we saw in the latest chapters, it, I, you know, from I believe it was, like, expressed that it's, you know, that she couldn't just, like, do that. Like, that it's not a stamina and endurance thing. That yeah, she couldn't yeah. just brawl in berserker mode for, like, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, so maybe if there was a way to, like, because, again, from my understanding, it's, like, very short burst of incredible speed and strength. Mm. So, like, if there's a way to, um, not dilute, but if there's a way to, like, stretch that out so mm-hmm. that, it, like, maybe mm-hmm. each impact isn't as strong, but she can utilize that strength longer in a fight. Because, you know, then the argument comes up, like, oh, that's really cool. Again, up against, like, Purple Eye Computer Boy and, and his, you know, his homie uh, playing Minecraft. But, like, when you got to fight, like, you know, anybody else <laughs> or like you know even it's like somebody who can take that kind of hit like then it's just an endurance game they let you get tired and take your head off yeah so you know i would like i personally going forward would like to see her become a more you know and again i kind of sharing with ian where i'm not expecting like it's like oh me singing and dorsey you know because like that's you know mm. side characters and main characters but like i, I would like to see her <laughs> i just thought i was gonna say like become more of a competent fighter than Boro and Sachi. <laughs> I feel like every time we see those two dudes, they're just like, and we're here. <laughs> and For it's real. like, so I don't know. Yeah, maybe if they it's should like, kill someone off. Already <laughs> <laughs> here first. Yeah, um, yeah I, I would like to see her become more of a competent fighter in the sense that like she could last longer in a fight or maybe even if it's like get another ability to compensate the short burst energy thing. Oh, even then, what if she got like some dope armor, maybe like a big sword and like a cursed mark? Oh yeah, like guts, <laughs> like guts. the real berserker, and like this is the underlying story of how berserk started. It was really this is the prequel. From Tower <laughs> this is the yeah. prequel. This is the prequel. I'm telling you. How does it make you feel, Ian? Good. This Good. great. I can yeah. picture her wielding the dragon slayer and just yeah. going around yeah. and just wreaking yeah. havoc. Right. On the she, she be slaying them hoes. I'm Hell yeah! All right, now let's get to that number four by spe spe. 
Spe- <laughs> he goes by Spe- Spe- speed. Spe- speed. <laughs> All right, we can make a beat out of that. All right. Uh, I appreciate your question. I love you. I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm a terrible person. Um, I see no, you guys. Not. Shut up. Yeah, everyone knows you made it back. <laughs> <laughs> Sound like my mother. All right. Uh, I see you guys always get overwhelmed by long, complex questions. Wow, you really are a viewer of us. Thank you. <laughs> Who um, you calling dumb? Yeah. <laughs> I have you know that I'm like hella intelligent. <laughs> Facts. I, I had my education, okay? <laughs> right now, I'm tired of you people saying I can't do something, okay? I'm going to do it. <laughs> so go ahead. Yeah, Always wear two pairs of socks. I'm telling you, it'll save your life. <laughs> on um, one foot, but then none on the other. Well, the, yeah, who has two feet? True. Who showers, too, right? Oh, that camera's on me the whole time. What? Who <laughs> 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 needs the shower? I think Speed, I don't know if Speed uh, hit us with a long question one time, and maybe we were like, ah, oh, right. I think I they've just seen like, all the qu- times that, like, <laughs> one of us, Kevin, will read a question and be like, wait a minute, what the fuck does this mean? <laughs> yeah, so why like, am I keeping the camera on you and not muting your microphone? All right, so about that, uh, who's Isaiah? I, I don't know. It's just it's just this weird guy who sits there and, like, yeah, when he speaks, you don't hear him. It's like a moving fucking mouth. I think Ian has his hand up his ass, and it's like a puppet, bro. He's like, fucking, like, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. But we're, we're going to go back to my question. You're welcome. Uh <laughs> <laughs> what are your thoughts? Uh, oh, here's a simple one. What are your thoughts on battle goddess even hell? What? She's <laughs> just a badass, bro. Like, not only does she got the flames that will literally just, that create the literal sun. Like, I mean, that, that episode was pretty hot. But not only that, the fact that she has the ancient, oh, the ancient elephant is actually badass because, you know, with... SIU breaking probably everyone in his body to draw it. Like, those were some of the literal coolest scenes that he has actually produced and, like, stunning. And the fact that we know that even Kel has to hold herself back because the administrator will get involved if she doesn't do that um, just really goes to show where it's like she is literally melting people to death, does not give a fuck, and is holding back quite a lot of her power and you're just like i i'm okay i don't want to see the rest of your power because i don't know if i can handle that because this is enough and you even had rack stunned off of flames and i'm really <laughs> curious i that i don't know if that's a question or not but like that is something that i am like I did my boy a... get like that tingling in his wingle because i'll <laughs> tell you when he, when he gave that look and he was like the flames i was I like just, dude rack you get that feeling. i just picture that panel where uh hockney's like uh, alligator, are you okay? And he's like, <laughs> he's like, there's a tingle in my winkle. <laughs> no turtles made me feel this way before. And I've been with a lot of turtles. <laughs> but, but, um, yeah, no, it's, even kills an absolute G, melting people like it's no tomorrow, creating the literal sun and doing it on, like, a dietary plan, because if not, she'll get kicked out of fucking Weight Watchers. So <laughs> it's it's absolutely amazing, and I can't wait to see more. And I really want to see her actually, like, go batshit crazy with no restrictions in the future, because that would be literally insane, and I wonder who that would even be against. And, like, if there could be in some weird, like, worlds where we get, like, the top 100 people in the whole tower and it's, like, a literal free-for-all death match, I want, like, Ooh. that would be insane. Like, here's, like, a whole galaxy. Like, do your bidding. And it's just all of them Damn. fight to the death. Have, did you guys ever watch the ultimate showdown of Ultimate Destiny? Have you ever oh. seen that video? Oh, uh, okay. Well, if anybody <laughs> hasn't, look it up on YouTube. It's literally just, like, 
you know, a hundred random characters like Chuck Norris, Batman, like all these like <laughs> random people, and it's like cartoon drawing, and yeah. it's like the ultimate showdown of Ultimate. Like they're oh. all fighting like a free for all, and it's like the most craziest crap happening. <laughs> like like Shaq coming out, like beating someone up and getting like run over by Batman's car, and like like Abraham Lincoln coming out and like hitting him with an AK forty seven. Dude, I don't know how I, that's actually in it, and I memorized it. Oh, Shaq got ran over, but um. Absolutely spoilers. amazing, and I want that to happen again. So, yeah, spoilers if you didn't. But, uh, amazing. It sounds like, SIU's amazing like I want to keep the power scaling to not get stupid complicated. And I was like, all right, so we have like Ivanka run over Miss Cheney, right? And then she explodes in a lightning tornado. <laughs> we have Shaq that got ran over by the Batmobile. Shaq got, Shaq got, Shaq got ran over by a tire. By a all right, I'm going to read Shaq. My, oh, Shaq got Shaq Shaq. covered in a tire track. <laughs> uh, what are your thoughts on battle goddess Ivanka? I love Yvonne Kell's character design and abilities. I have to say it is really cool. It has me intrigued 100%. In terms of personality, it's, it's you know, it's been done before, but, you know, it's the badass, like, I'm going to do whatever the hell. Um, you know, sometimes it's, like, to me, slightly comical. You know what I mean? It's like, why are you doing this? Why are you taking your life? I don't know, because you touched my chocolate bar. Like, something, you know, like, <laughs> something silly. It's like, this is my floor, so I'm going to just, like, go balls out. But I guess it's like when you're ranked 60, like, I guess you have the ability, the free reign to do that, and where other people are just like, what are you, an idiot? You know what I mean? Like, why would you do that, right? So whatever. Like, the personality, it's like I've seen it before. It's cool. Um, definitely badass. But, yeah, the character design is something that I really dig. I dig it from the actual like military garb where you know she looks like some sort of high-ranking officer i really want to know what's going on with the forehead game uh in terms of if that's yeah. an eyeball or a jewel or whatever and why and how it's there and if it actually does anything or if it's just part of the aesthetic and it doesn't really do anything also seems to have a huge scar going across the face as well or if it's not a scar it seems like this this um this discoloration of skin that goes, if you yeah. notice, like from the one mm -hmm. side, it's a little more fair skin. The like other side is a little darker. Exactly. Right. So that's really interesting. The backstory on that would be really sweet. And obviously, um, the abilities. I mean, that elephant is the fucking coolest thing. I, <laughs> one of the coolest things I've seen just in terms of like the scale of art and just the way it, it carries itself the fighting that I've seen in Tower of God. It's what it's freaking awesome. I love that. Uh, it gives me these huge stand vibes. So uh, maybe that's why I have an affinity towards it. But it's just like it's just badass. And the fact that it's this literal elephant of fire, right? It's like this ancient calamity. Like I think SIU even refers to them as the high rankers as like a calamity. But I think yeah. that's the greatest representation of it. Where it's like you melt just being in the presence of it's like a force of nature quite literally. But being that it is has this animalistic quality, it really embodies that well, right? It puts it really puts that um to good use. So I love it. I, I also love the fact that um Yvonne Kell uses an orb if you notice, mm -hmm. too, to make the sun and start shooting the beams out of it. So, like, obviously, that bomb, the fact that bomb knows the orb thing, you know, it's like we get to see someone who's ranked 60 utilizing the orb and, and putting their own True. spin on it. Like, that's that's going to be really important going forward because if they're still using it and you're at rank 60, bomb's going to be using that orb for quite a long time. It's going to be a very powerful weapon at his disposal. True. So, uh, yeah, it's really, it's, it's really cool, though. Love the aesthetic. Love the abilities and the power. Um and frightening, you know, to go up against. <laughs> and now it just all like I just can't help myself. I want to know who's the next best person, right? Who's fifty nine? Yeah. Who's fifty eight? <laughs> Etc. Up yeah, to yeah, wherever, yeah. right? Until you get like to jihad in them. And I also want to know too, to end it off. Not only like who's more powerful on that scale, but it's I can't help but think sometimes the um, the scaling 
grows exponentially in Tower of God. So it's like if I was you just take about to say that. right yeah. where it's yeah, if you take your person that's ranked at a thousand versus your person that's ranked at like two thousand, that like that gap would be like this. But then if you take your person from like fifty to sixty, it would also be that right. Yeah, but it's yeah, only yeah. ten spots because it's right. like you get so much more powerful the higher you go that everyone else is kind of left in the dust, right. right? Like it's not like like the person who's at sixty one. It's not like, yeah, I could scuffle with the event. It's like, no, I'm like, she's 60. I exactly. literally couldn't, you know, it's yeah. like there'd be, I know, wonder. Yeah. yeah. And if 59 to 60, it's like that big of a deal. They're just whatever. So that being said, if that is the case, which it seems like it kind of goes towards that Yvonne Kell for how bad ass she is. Don't get me wrong. Like Jihad's like what? Three. They rank him at or something like that. Wait, really? I'm pretty sure they rank him at three. It's like a uh, fan fan. What the fuck is that guy's name? Fantanium or whatever oh. the hell. Oh, Planetarium. Okay. Planetarium. He's okay. number one. Enryu's okay. number two. Jihad's number three. Yurik's number wow. four. <laughs> Wait, is that, that is that the list from the tower, though? Like in the story? Uh, yeah, somebody let us know in our comments. That, yeah, it's Fantanium. Oh. Fa whatever the fuck. Number one. Enryu two. Jihad three. Uh, wow, Yurik get four. cucked, bro. In his own tower. He's not even number one. <laughs> sure, Enryu's just built different. But I mean, oh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah. But so it's like, imagine being like, the king and like looking at that list and you're like, <laughs> no, that's cool. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Yeah, sure. Three's cool. I guess that's bronze. You know, top three. All right, that's what they normally say. Could be two. Could be one. <laughs> yeah, for real. But my point is, is that that is fifty-seven positions above Ivan Kell, yeah. and Ivan Kell is literally creating the sun. So that's crazy. So anyway, go Are on. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. All no, that. um, I love Battle Goddess Ivan Kell. She is fucking badass by definition of badass. Um. Yeah, it is crazy that like like sort of like what you're saying that her main you know one of her main things uh, is the use of that orb. This is something we've seen Bam use. So a does that mean if we slap Bam with his sun orb, <laughs> he can learn to use sun orb techniques? Um, <laughs> yeah, for real. Yeah. <laughs> because you know we know Bam could take a hit from a nuke or a black hole, and like I feel like the sun and black hole, it's like maybe kind of yeah, the same. He thing. doesn't melt. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but also you know yeah like you were saying it's like she she is not. You know, she's not up there in the, the single digits, like, where Jihad is at, let's say. But, like, of the high rankers, she is number 60. I mean, you know, that's that's no, there's 40 people. And, again, if we're talking about the power scaling here, and if it is, like, we're saying where it's, like, you know, oh, 60 to 65 is basically, like, a whole world of difference. You know, Yvon Kell is, you know, and clearly, just from what we've seen, is absolutely nothing to scoff at. I do absolutely love her character design. I love this, like, military... It's, like, she's got the military, like, whole garb set up but like like you were saying there's a lot of things about her like character design in terms of like the scarring on her face that weird eye jewel thing whatever that is um that like add a little bit of like you know just enough pizzazz to the character where it's not just like ah like carbon cutout of like crazy battle horny military girl you know where it's like she's got this like her own little like aesthetic going on or sure, whatever yeah. um which is cool i definitely want to sort of like you were saying i'd like to see her paired up against somebody within her ranking, you know, like, so, so I guess something of a much more even fight because as, you know, cool as it is to see, like, she's just, this isn't a fight. <laughs> like, she's just killing people. Her she's just showing off. Just I mean, we're here for it. Yeah, but like, yeah. well, that's the thing. That's the other thing is as much as I'm, like, in this story and I'm, like, listening to characters like Bam where it's like, oh, we should climb this tower, but, like, we need to do it a better way or a different way than Jihad and killing people and subjugating to them through the, fear of our power is like not the way to do it i gotta lie dude if i would be saying that like watching him back i'll just be like yo back up and they're like no and she's like all right and just melts them with the sun <laughs> it's like 
But that way works, man. Like it's <laughs> like she does it, and they're dead. And if they don't, like if they don't work with her, then she just eats them with her fire elephant or lights them on fire with the sun. And it's like, and you know, she's not this character who's like, oh, but what does it mean to like grapple with your mouth? She's like, no, I'm gonna kill you because like this is the battlefield. This isn't fucking children's playground. And if you come over here and if you swing at me, be prepared to be melted by the sun. <laughs> it's like, cool. <laughs> like I'm kind of here for it. It's dope. I love her. Yeah, awesome. All right, so moving on to question five we have by Riru. Uh, Riru asks, it's interesting how Haorion essentially replaces Kuhn as the strategist in the last station arc. She lied to Bomb in order to carry out a realistic plan where half the party would be abandoned without his consent. Their team had a massive falling out. All right, let's get it. Let's, <laughs> hang on, before I address this question... First of all, it's not half the team, okay? <laughs> it's it's like three people, all right, max. There's like 12 people on the team, all right? That's like a quarter at, at finest, all right? Number two, it's not a huge falling out, okay? She gave Dorsey multiple plans and then says, bomb, like, you probably shouldn't do this, but go ahead if you're going to do it. I'm trying to give you the most analytical thing, go. I just want to address that because I feel like there's a little bit of leading on that one. I'm just playing games. But now bomb is resorting to rushing Sorry, in there. how are you staying? I am a little bit, I will say. It's like someone's got a defender out here. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like she's not getting any cool outfits. You know what I mean? It's like people are like, oh, you're weird. You know what I mean? You're not as cool as Coon. You know what I mean? Like, it's always like she's coming up second rate. And it's like, you know what? I kind of like Haurian. Gavin, shut the fuck up. I like, I kind of like Haurian. So it's like, I like, you know. Anyway, she like I you. Like you're, you're a stand, but you're like the most sensible stand. Like, everybody's there is like, we've got to like kiss the ground she walks on. And you're like, I mean, like, none of that, but, like, no, let's, <laughs> let's talk about how we're you. Yeah. Like, you're just the guy who's like, um, excuse me. <laughs> I love a lot of the characters, and it's like, like, a lot of times I feel like people think that it's like, oh, if you like X character, that means that you're shitting on X other character, right? So, like, if I say this, some people might take it as, like, oh, so now Kuhn is second rate, you know? And it's like, no, like, relax, like, Kuhn's pretty dope, but it's like, I feel like some people automatically will just, like, demonize that. I think there's more to it. I don't know. I think she's a cool character, but that's besides the point. Um, their team had a massive volume. Now Bomb is resorting to rushing in there without any plan on how he's going to say he never has a plan on how he's going to save everyone except to sacrifice himself. What are some differences that you notice between Kuhn and Haorun when acting as Bomb's strategist? How differently do you think Bomb's journey would have played out if Kuhn wasn't there from the very beginning? Okay, um, so the real question is the meat and potatoes here is what the difference between Haorun and Kuhn um, are as strategists in this in this scenario. I actually think that while Kuhn is a strategist, I actually think that Kuhn a lot of times also excels and sometimes it takes precedent over the strategic but the tactical version. I think Kuhn is very good at thinking on his feet in the moment, um, whereas like Haorun is a little different in the sense that, not that she can't do that, but she already has every single piece in motion. And not that Kuhn doesn't do that, but I feel like because Kuhn doesn't have the abilities of a guide, it kind of limits him in terms of how far that can actually extend, right? So how many steps can you prepare in advance because you actually know some of the ways that things are going to pan out. It definitely gives Haorun an advantage in terms of strategic planning. She's also very cutthroat with anyone who isn't bomb in that regard. And Kuhn even was like that at first. But the issue is, is that, you know, well, not that it's an issue, but Kuhn and bomb, you know, understand that they're, for Kuhn, it's like I'm. It's like it's Bomb's world. I'm just living in it, type thing. And it's like I'm gonna go and follow him and all that. And like Haru, you know, on the other hand, 
is like you're my god which would make you think that it's there but also there's like there is kind of a goal that we have to hit as well and while i do care about your happiness like i'm not really going to pull any punches when it comes to like kind of balancing that and then if it comes push to shove and you're really adamant, sure, I'll let you do it. But like, I'm not leading with that, if that makes sense. And I feel like Kuhn doesn't do that a lot as well. I feel like this plan in particular, this is like, to be fair, this scenario is like really, this is like really large scale. Not that Kuhn hasn't gotten out of some pretty large scale situations before and found ways out of it. But this isn't like, let's get out of one floor on the hell train. This is like, there's the literal Jihad's army and like multiple high rankers, there's people everywhere, they're flooding the skies, the train's getting derailed, like this is huge, you know what I mean? Like for her to be able to navigate this many avenues and be like, here in Dorsey, I actually gave you a plan A and B in case this goes down and you go here, open this door here, do that there. Like, you know, there's a, there's a lot going, there's a lot going on in that. Um, so I obviously give her credit for like the ridiculous plan that she came up with almost on the fly there. Um, but yeah, I, I think that the difference is that it's, it's a very large, like how is very, is like 20 steps ahead in that, right? But not because it's like, oh, she's just that much smarter than Kuhn, but because she can actually see it. So that dictates her plan in a bit of a different way where Kuhn seems to have a, a plan or strategy going in, but m sometimes that gets kind of shaken. And so he has to resort to a tactical way to kind of pivot in that moment. Whereas like how is like, no, these are the options. And like, I already have these chess pieces laid out. You can choose what you got, you want to do, but I already know what Avenue and path that leads down based off your choice. So there's really isn't, there really isn't a matter of this tactical approach, at least the way I see it as much as with Kuhn, because she has that super foresight ability. Um, I hope that answered it. Well, it was kind of hard to, to do that, but how differently do you think bomb's journey would have played out if Kuhn wasn't there from the very beginning? Um, man, that's a, it's a, it's a big question. Cause I mean, the whole story would be different. Um, Kuhn, it, you know, it's the, it's the, the, the trope, the anime trope where it's like the bros, you know what I mean? Like the, the Gon and, and Kilua, the, you know, the bomb and Kuhn, the, in this Itadori and Toto, you know what I mean? Like, or like whatever, where it's like that duo and it's, and it's like, they kind of, they work for each other in that sense where it's like, they're helping each other get stronger. They're generally pretty opposite. One's usually naive. One's usually more analytical, et cetera. So I think obviously if he didn't meet Kuhn, um, bomb would not have grown as much as he has. And Kuhn wouldn't grown as much as he has. Cause they kind of play off that, uh, with each other. So I don't, I don't, I really don't know. Uh, maybe one of these guys has a better explanation for how they think exactly bomb's journey would have planned out. But what do you got? Um, I think, Really, I think the main difference between Kuhn and Haruyun as strategist is that Haruyun, because she has this for all right. So, like the main uh, pro to Kuhn's uh, you know ability to be strategical, let's just say, is I think Kuhn is like you were saying is very good at being an adaptive strategist. So, like he'll make a plan, but if the plan goes wrong, he very quickly can put up a counter solution on how to like all right, shit, that didn't work do this instead, then we'll work around the fact that this uh, X, Y, and Z are here um, and can sort of makeshift mini plans in between the, the first initial plan yeah. so that everybody or, you know, for as many people as possible can still get out fine and, and you know, alive or whatever. Um, but obviously, because he doesn't have this ability, however Yoon has, literally doesn't have the foresight of like, oh, I didn't even know this player could be a potential card in the game here, sure. which completely throws out anything I could have come with now. I'm going to need a little bit more time to think, which is getting into one of his cons, where it's like he just, you know, he can only work with the, the 
cards that he physically like that are present and known. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, where Howard Yoon, obviously that being a pro of hers is she literally has foresight and can, and note like has all these paths already open and is like, okay, I already know, like, you know, as far I'm making a plan here, but it's because like, I literally know where each of these paths goes and like pick your best shot. The, uh, the condo that I think of that is that a, none of those plans. And I, I would actually say this is a, a pro in Kuhn's favor too, is that none of her plans take in the people that involve them. So, like, a lot of times her plans are like, all right, if, if A, B, and C go here and do this, then, that's, then like, that's fine. They'll get sacrificed so that X, Y, and Z can go over and do this thing. And, like, like we see within this arc here, Bam's like, all right, yeah, that's a cool plan, but, like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to leave these people behind. And now it throws the whole thing to a ride because the whole point of her making this plan was to, to make sure Bomb is safe, who is now willingly throwing himself in danger anyway yeah. because the, the plan she came up with put people in danger against his will, where it's like, again, you know, the pro of Kuhn is Kuhn being able to, like, either empathize with other people other than Bomb and take in other people's, which is definitely something he's developed lately. You know, he, he was a lot more, uh, you know, uh, cutthroat and cynical definitely when we started but like lately is able to take that stuff into consideration again if he comes up with a plan similar to let's say Howard Yoon's plan and Bam's like but I don't want to do that we can't leave these people behind again Kuhn is like okay shit um all right well then what about you know what I mean and can quickly adapt to a different plan that maybe does involve you know something like that um so it's just that Howard Yoon is, is a lot more cynical and she's a lot she's working with like a different set of tools again she literally can see into the future Whereas Kuhn can't see into the future mm-hmm. and is only making, you know, pads out of what he can see. So it's like they're, they're kind of they're working off two different branches. But like I do think in their own rights, yes, they're both incredibly good strategists. They just work under different pretenses. Um, and then how do I think Bam's journey would be different if Kuhn wasn't there? Um, I mean, obviously, Bam wouldn't have his lover. And that would just be tragic <laughs> for all of us because um, they're obviously, obviously in love. Um, but I do, I do think that. Kuhn has sort of been like Kuhn and Bam like they do grow off each other and they have been feeding off each other in terms of like character growth throughout this story right there's a lot of moments where you know Bam is thinking of or or going through X thing and Kuhn sort of gives him his input here and you know vice versa where it's like Kuhn and Bam genuinely seem to want what's best for each other as far as this journey goes where like again how are you um, how are you wanting? How are you wanting what's best for Bam, and how are you wanting Bam to like succeed in this mission are not the same thing. And I think again, in light of something like this, like that really comes to the forefront because it's like, yeah, you made this plan. How are you? And that's all cool and great. He's like, but I, this isn't. I didn't want this. Like your plan willingly put these people in danger, and I didn't tell you to do this. And like, that's all fine and dandy if. Bam was, was, you know, if he was more like Howard Yoon, but he's not. So now it ultimately renders her, it doesn't matter what path she, she puts him on because it's useless if he's just going to reject it and, and throw her, like her whole plan means nothing, right? Because now he's just, the whole point was to keep him out of danger, was to get him out of this in one piece. But if he's throwing himself in front of these rankers that she spent all this time trying to avoid him, it's like, it almost feels silly that it's like, well, Howard Yoon, you might have to consider Bam's feelings at some point, especially if he's just going to, if that's if that's the way he's always going to be geared towards, so maybe there's an argument that like if Kuhn wasn't there from the beginning, maybe Bam would have ended up being able to agree more with Haruyun as far as like letting uh, commit. Because I think that's where Kuhn comes in. The fact that Kuhn's plans have, at least again lately, like involved 
and been able to adapt Bam's feelings. Like that's what Bam prioritizes with a strategist like Kuhn, where our reunion again, you you you'd be stupid not to prioritize or or value the the person who can literally see into the future. But it's like they just they they want two different things for Bam. Mm. Yeah. What do you think? Um, I guess for me, uh, you know, you a lot of great points. Um, I'm not. I'm going to try to go a little bit different in terms of my approach and not keep it. Um, as, like I'm just going to try not to repeat as much stuff. Um, but for me, I feel like um, I feel like with Bam and the decision that he's made is actually going to be eye opening to hire uh, Howard Yoon because she says something that stuck out for me where it was um, she said there's it's almost a zero percent chance possibility that he's going to be able to save these people, and if she's like. If it does, that's gonna it's gonna really mean something because it's not something it isn't um, an outcome that even she can see, and I uh, that kind of is what I'm alluding to is having that foresight and seeing the future isn't the end all be all. Although to her, that's what she knows. We know that Bam is someone who is has the ability to change said future in terms of really whatever he puts his mind to, and we also know that Rachel. And Wang Nan are two of those people up on the podium. So at the very end of the day, he is going to beat her expectation by at least saving two people. And we know it's going to be more because that's Bam. So with that and plot armor, he is going, he is going. How are you? Never stood a chance. So no, so we know, we already know that the limitation that she is putting on Bam already in terms of she isn't. Bam, Bam, we know is going to go outside the box and do these things. How are you? Doesn't have that trust or faith that he has the capability to do such things. And with that, in the future that she sees, she isn't going to have that mindset. Oh, of oh, let me think outside the box to make this plan work because she is getting like the Google email sent to her head. That's like, <laughs> no, these are the outcomes. That's it. There's no way around it. And that, in a sense, is going to force her into thinking in these specific ways, which Kuhn doesn't have in what is, allows him to be more abstract in his thoughts and plans and knowing Bam's tendencies, creating said plans around them. Since, however, Ayun default isn't going to have those thoughts or ha like physically isn't getting those sent to her, she is, she is going off of the future that is always right in her probabilities. However, again, with Bam and that he is the person that who breaks said, you know, thoughts and predisposition change or chains when he does follow through with his plan, although stupid and save people and actually do the exact opposite of what Howard Yoon physically believes is capable that he is capable of doing. I hope that for her, it is going to open her eyes and realize that, hey, maybe not everything that I get is always 100% right because that's kind of the problem that me and Isaiah having or have had with her in these thoughts in that her not having the trust or telling anybody. It's almost like condescending in a way where it's like, I, I know what the future is going to be. I'm guiding these plans. It's for the best entrance of BAM, and nobody else is really going to know about it because, A, they can't know for certain circumstances, yes, but there have been some where she could have let people know in, but it's that whole trust that isn't there that Bam and Kuhn have, that is. So in with that, and everything that Bam's going to do in terms of saving people, I hope that however you really gets the gist of it is possible with this person to A, think outside the box, B, I'm going to have to really play on his field a little bit in terms of what he wants as a person, and maybe have a little bit of fucking faith in a person. Like, obviously she's fully invested in Bam and wants the best outcome for him to go, but it's like, if you haven't realized by now that Bam is really just going to do whatever he wants for his homies, it's what he's been doing since day one. Like, I get it's not a part of what you're seeing in the future, but hopefully with him breaking said, you know, futures that she has gotten and creating a new one that she starts to understand that, hey, there's more to this kid. 
maybe we should try to include some of his thoughts, even though they might not be the desired outcomes or the probable outcomes that she is getting. So we'll have to see. Um, but yeah, it's going to be interesting. And then, um, yeah, Bam and Coon, I really echo the same with that last, uh, with the final question is how it would play out. I mean, you know, probably lonely, probably have less of a sense of self. Uh, if he was just following Rachel, like, really blindly up there, and it's like, she is my only grasp, I have no one else, I, would, I wouldn't I would have, I couldn't watch that shit. Um, <laughs> so, uh, let's, let's just say, um, I, I don't want to know how it would plan out from the beginning if Kuhn wasn't there, because I know I wouldn't like it, and I don't even want to think about it. So, I'm going to be <laughs> grateful that Kuhn is there, and um, I'm going to love his ass. So, that is the <laughs> end of my question. I just want to say one thing real quick, because you guys made really good points, and I, I, I do enjoy this question a lot, besides the characters. It's just, it's an interesting topic here. Um and I think you brought something up. You said that, you know, placing faith in bomb. And I actually think that she does place faith in bomb, but it's like this weird struggle that goes on in her mind, or maybe not even a struggle. She kind of like just lets it be as is, but always arrives at this conclusion where I feel the fact that she's like, yeah, go ahead. You could go like there's zero probability, but let's him. If it was genuinely like, okay, you have to live under any circumstance, I won't allow it. But it's interesting that she lets him go because she's like, it's 0%, but if he does, right? And it's like, I feel like there's this weird subconscious thing in the back of her mind, and which is what I find interesting about her characters, that there's always this battle between, okay, what's best <clears throat> what's best for Bomb in terms of his strict survivability, or what's best in terms of Bomb for what he wants. And it's like, it's the, the, the core advantage that Kuhn has, because I think for all intents and purposes, I think Halryun is a better strategist in terms of straight analytical, but I think the, the huge advantage that Kuhn has, and specifically when it comes to Bomb, is the fact that Kuhn has a better understanding, I think you highlighted it, of Bomb's tendencies. I think that is a huge point in his favor, is that Kuhn understands Bomb's human element and it's not that how Ryun does it but I almost feel like sometimes she comes to the conclusion she goes yeah go but then she's almost like kind of like uh, okay you chose that again like whatever where it's like Kuhn almost expects that so it's like he's always gearing his plans in such a way to accommodate for that so it doesn't come as a surprise when it comes down the pipe and I think that's something that how is really going to have to grow with in terms of bomb where it's like I'm going to have to expect this human element, this tendency in Bomb's personality, instead of regarding him and everybody else as a chess piece, per se, with him being the king, you know, regard like with Kuhn, where it's like, Kuhn is always going towards his plans, for the most part, like I said before, it's not, it's really not some sort of ulterior goal. It's, okay, what does Bomb want to do? I'm following. It's Bomb war It's Bomb's world. I'm living in it. So it's like, he's never gearing, he's never having this, like, fight in his head where it's like, well... Bomb would really like to do this, but I know that, like, realistically, the best way to survive for him is this, right? At least anymore, it seems that he's, like, really grown in that area where it seems like Haoryun is, is like, there's always that clashing in the mind where it's like, well, this is clearly the best logical plan. But then Bomb always throws that wrench where it's like, yeah, but I don't have to be logical, right? And so I, I think I the, other, well, the, think the, the other thing is that, like, the faith that Haoryun has in Bam is not the same faith that Kuhn has. Because the faith that Haruyun has is more of like the faith you have in a god, right? Mm -hmm. She's like, all right, this doesn't make any sense to do, but you are my god. So if you're saying you want to do this, mm -hmm. I will, I'm will. i not going to be the one that tells you you can't. Where like Kuhn has faith in Bam as a person. So mm -hmm. like, again, if I feel like if Kuhn was presented with the same scenario, it's like, all right, I don't think this would work. But like, 
I trust you. You sure. think we can do this. It's a good like, point. I'm gonna mm-hmm. back you and like I like yeah, again, yeah. I will find a way to make this work. I will yeah. I will work yeah. my hardest to make sure that if this is what you really want, I'll get us out of here mm-hmm. alive. Don't like where it's like that's what I think however you is gonna have to and we've talked about this before actually, way back with the workshop where it's like I do think ultimately, at least in my opinion, this story could work her character in a way where she stops looking at Bam so much as this God figure and starts as looking more as a person. Yeah. Because I do think how Ryun brings very specific strategic elements to the table that Kuhn doesn't have, be it the foresight, but is lacking in the, in the sense that like she's not as in sure, we could use the word manipulative, but like Kuhn not because Kuhn is obviously very good at this stuff when it comes to Bam because he knows Bam so well. But I would argue that Kuhn is also pretty good at just manipulating people. Like, he understands how people work really well. And, like, how are you, like, that is an area that she struggles in. So it's like, if, if how are you could in the future, you know, again, learn to look at Bam more as a person and what it is he really wants out of this journey, like, that would, that combined with the foresight would definitely, I think, put her ahead. But it's like, that's, you know, at least in this arc where we've seen, that's what's, like, severely lacking. Because it's like, again, if she comes up with the greatest plan, Bam doesn't want to do it. Doesn't even matter. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Actually, I completely agree. That's it's well said. Anyway, you have the next question. Great question, by the yes, way. Yes, thank you. Thank you for putting it forward. Uh, so the next question six comes from Irene Sharda. Uh, they say Yuri and Dorsey are risking a lot here as princesses of Jihad, and we know from several instances throughout the story that Jihad is not afraid to strip a princess of her title or have her killed. What do you think are the cons- What do you think the consequences of Yuri and Dorsey's decisions here will be, if any? Um, this, this is tough. Cause I'm not gonna lie. It's got me pretty scared. Um, I don't, and this is, the, I don't know because I don't know how, I don't know like what the, I guess the scale is, right? If it's like, oh, I'm sorry, princess, did you just put your toe into that pool? That's not yours killing you, you know? Or if it's like, ah, you like shouldn't have done that thing. Like, whoosh, you know? And then like, I right, go on, but like one more time, <laughs> I'm taking your head off, yeah. like type beat. If it's like, I don't know what the, and I guess all, the other thing is this question kind of, it says if any, so fair enough, but it does weirdly imply that like there will be some consequences. And I only say that because like, arguably, if we keep this situation contained to the last station, like Jihad doesn't really have to know. <laughs> and like, you know, I guess that that's like, oh, you know, some people could be like, oh, well, you know, that's convenient. But like, I guess it's because, like, the, my only other thing is if he finds out, he's got to take some action, right? So, like, my only thing is he either doesn't find out or he finds out and the action he takes. Because I, I guess my thing is if he finds out and he himself takes action, then it's well, it lights out. It's game over. So, sure, if he finds out but then he, like, tries to send somebody else to take care of it, maybe we could, you know, fuck around with that or meddle with that person or whatever. But then it becomes a problem of like, he always knows and he knows that these people who he's sending are. So it's like, it, it just kind of muddies up the story in terms of like conflict between characters if he finds out. So I actually kind of think the best method, at least for now, is that he can't really find out that they like, you know, went against him. Um, at least for, at least for Yuri, I want to say. Because I actually kind of like the idea of this being in Dorsey, like one of her tests in terms of like her relationship and her friendship with people like Bomb and the party of like, where does she stand, right? Because it, it, you know, it's been alluded to before with the whole Garum thing and even before that way back in season one that like in Dorsey, obviously because she's had to fight so hard to become a princess of Jihad, like values this position. She values the status and, and you know, it is, it is something that's very important to her. 
till she met Bob. And and up until this point now, it's been this constant, you know, back and forth between her where it's like, all right, going forward, I'm, I go up this tower, like, I'm going to eventually have to pick, do I want the lifestyle of a princess of jihad or do I want a, the lifestyle of, you know, Bam's companion? Those two things can't coincide because Bam is going against jihad. So choosing Bam means no to jihad. Choosing jihad means no to Bam. So I kind of like this being, you know, maybe even if it's not like the you know, the la- like the, the final moment for her to choose, this being like one of the stepping stones for her to make, sort of make a stance and be like, all right, Dorsey, like, come on, girl, you got to pick one. Like, which one am I picking? You know, it's got, I got to, I got to make a stand here. Um, And like, yeah, I don't know. Like I said, the main thing that muddies this up for me is like, I feel like if Jihad finds out, like, realistically, it's game over. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, because obviously both of Yuri and, Dorsey aren't going to be able to take Jihad, yeah. so like he can't know, you know, or he finds out, and like I said, he sends some lackeys. But then it's like, why are you doing? I don't know. I I, I personally actually don't really think there's going to be any consequences or any serious consequences. Maybe it'll be a thing of like somebody finds out and instead of telling Jihad, they use that info to blackmail Yuri and, and Dorsey into doing something else. But that's my thing. What do you think? Yeah, no, I agree. I feel like he can't find out because I mean you. We know if you piss in this guy's cornflakes, he'll fucking kill you. Like, I mean, look, look, look at To be Goose. fair, I'd be very upset if somebody peed in my cornflakes. <laughs> all right, fair yeah, enough. Yeah, well, no. when you had the box next to you, you just fucking pour another bowl and call it a day and just throw out the Yeah, but it's all principle. You, know, you peed in my cornflakes. Yeah, like, but like, if Yuri pees in your cornflakes, yeah. you can't, like, fight her over it. She'll in fact, you. that's half of a golden shower. You fucking sprinkle that shit on you. If cornflakes, he could kill her. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotta pick your battles. Fair enough. Like, if Yuri does it, you're like, all right, I'll just pour another Fair enough. Does it again. <laughs> okay, I have another box in the cupboard, actually. I'll go get that. I don't know why you're so fucking obsessed with doing this today, but she does it again. You're like, I'm going to store it. I guess I'll just, I'm just buying cornflakes today. Fuck. Motherfucker. <laughs> All right, I should have cho- cho- chose my words better there because I, I didn't think that started a fucking conundrum here. Um, but um, we obviously, what happened to Gustang and Hansung Yu, which is the fact that Gustang gave Rachel an item and, you know, a little bit of guidance and, you know, Default jihad was to death with Gustang, the head of a family, and like also a floor leader, I don't know, Hansung, the guy. Jeez, oh, my brain. Um, so obviously, even doesn't matter on their power. It's pretty much death, no matter what you do. If there's any sort of treason, and being Yuri and Dorsey princesses at such a high esteem held in the tower, to literally, if they're see the war or any um if they see the army they all need to bow to a knee like they didn't they don't do that to just anybody unless you're a princess so like they're held to such a high standard that even i feel like in this scenario especially with yuri and 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 dorsey and dorsey literally working with bam since the way back in the beginning like yeah what what is jihad jihad's not gonna give her a slap on the wrist he's willing to kill anybody like who cares it doesn't it's irrelevant to him because the princesses themselves are irrelevant in terms of how he set up the fucking test so like what does it matter if he kills them like they're already irrelevant in his mind like quite literally it's set up that way so it's like i of course it's going to be death that's the only consequence in this man's eyes i feel like um and yeah so that's also why i also agree with i feel like he can't find out because if he does, they're just going to be running from Jihad's army too, and Jihad. And I mean, they could keep the story like that, and they're kind of just like ducking through these like underground passages and like doing like like the shady shit. And it's like, you know, on the run. But how much of a story? <laughs> Road, can trip. Road trip. Road <laughs> trip. But um, Fugitive. yeah, there has to be like some sort of um, like because we have heard from whatever that chick's name with one eye, Garam Garam Ha. Uh, 
Chum Chakanha. What's her name? What's her name? <laughs> Cleopatra. You said with one no. eye? Yeah, the, the, the squadron reader. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Shion He. Shion He. That's that's oh. it. He was Chun Kaku Ku Chiki Chicken. Shion Lee. No, but um, we know that when they were fighting, she was like, oh, you need to make a report. You need to make a report. So obviously there's going to be people in the background making a report. So I wonder. <laughs> obviously there's like, uh, Obviously there's like, no, but make I'm wondering. Report, make a report. Make a report. You <laughs> motherfuckers, let me finish. But um, I'm wondering if there are people who are, you know, sprinkled, whether fug or not, who are actually going to, um, like, intercept said reports and they'll never actually get sent through. Um, to the end goal and uh, like to okay. what That's extent in like yeah. because obviously if they're making reports they're going to get to jihad or someone to that extent so there has to be someone on the inside who is either stopping these things because i can't imagine that they're all just going to get killed like i don't think everybody in that whole army is just going to get iced so there has to be someone muddling information that is getting passed along to where jihad wouldn't know and that's the only way that i can imagine him not finding out Mm. So that's actually maybe a uh, maybe Yuri does wind up handing the green April over to Miss uh, Miss Jenny because she figures that she's like okay kind of caught here you know between a rock and a hard place like Jihad knows the drill what's up doesn't know though that you're also kind of playing treachery here so maybe kind of passing the torch a little you know and then Yuri's like I kind of have to go on the DL here because I can't just be so out in the open I don't know the It'd only that the only thing about that is that kind of very much puts the ball in Macheni's court in terms of like the power dynamic there because it's like now not only by doing that is Yuri admitting to this thing where she could at the very least play dumb but now she's giving her one of her weapons which makes Macheni at an inherent disadvantage so Macheni could arguably just still tell Jihad and keep the weapon and it's like sure like yeah. off principle she could not do that I say do you think I put any thought into that theory <laughs> whatsoever can you not dissect it and make me look stupid thank you very much I just think it's actually cool. incredibly plausible uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it, I actually just on a Gavin's thing though I do think it'd be hilarious if like this whole battle ensues and it's like the one guy's like all right, that took a long ass fucking time, but this 500 page report, which includes both princesses yeah. betraying Jihad, is ready to send. And he turns around <laughs> and Yuri and Orin Dorsey are there, and he's like, Actually, I was going to shred this. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, Wow, I just spent four weeks writing this report. All right. Not again. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like, give me a break. Didn't even save it to the flash drive. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. His computer crashed. He like burns the papers. He's like, all right, done. They're like, and the flash drive. He's like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was wondering if like a weird tie-in with Emily could come, but that kind of wouldn't make sense, but I don't know. Weird. I do think the information route is valid, though, because we know that actually it's not like Jihad rolled up down on the last station was like, hey, guys. Hey, what's going on? Remember me, Jihad? Like, you guys want to do this mm -hmm. thing for me? It's like, Jihad told this guy who told this guy who told this guy. Like, the chain of command of information is long enough to where, yeah, we could probably, like, cut it off. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, you just intercept it before Jihad yeah. listens to it. Jihad, yeah. Jihad's too busy with, like, trying to master fate and shit, yeah, you know? Because yeah, yeah. every time I think to myself, I'm like, bro, just come downstairs. Just walk <laughs> down the stairs, and, like, you probably could have ended this all in, like, ten minutes. You know what I mean? It just would have been like, psh, psh, psh. I'm the fucking king. You know what I mean? Like, like the rules don't really apply to me. Like, like right I mean, like, the administrator. I'm the fucking king. <laughs> like, sure, there's administrators and stuff like that, but we've killed one before. Who's to say we can't do it again? No, I'm just messing around, but he's just, you know, he's a busy man. Don't anyway, Gavin, me. how about you read the last question for us? Oh God, dropping the ball on me. Okay, okay, we well, got. It was your turn. Uh, well, you, up there. Uh, uh, 
I, I divert to the back of the line. All right, Keith, uh, we have uh, Katan, 237. Jihad and, uh, Jihad and people probably related to him, like Wang Nan, how do you know? Um, have been mentioned <laughs> have been mentioned to have the seed of a king. And in White's case, uh, Arie mentions that he sees the seed of a demon in him. Uh, do you think this is a coincidence? Go wild with your theories. Well, my theory, my theory is super wild, and they're all playing Minecraft, playing their seeds now. Um, <laughs> Actually, nice. it's not wild at all. I think that it's not a coincidence, and quite literally, um, what we saw by White is probably what we're going to see, something similar to uh, Wang Nan. I mean, you just told me that he's related. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, he didn't say. Jihad and probably. people probably related to... Jihad and people probably related to him, like Wang Nan. Like, come probably. No, nah, it's canon. He's, 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 he's the seed of the king, bro. You ain't some seed yeah, of, like, like you some... You don't know how I read questions. I take the words out I don't like. <laughs> facts. I only read the questions yeah. where I want to, okay? Yeah. He didn't write any fucking word I don't want him to and, unless Unless he is somehow <laughs> the seed of, like, the... The someone above jihad, like he's like he's got to be some like some sperm donor type shit where he's like give me the top cream crop shit and I'm like, bam, now I'm that baby. Um, so and I don't know where I'm going with this. Yeah, <laughs> either way, um, I don't think it's a coincidence. I think that Wang Nan is going to obvious. I think he's going to be a, an absolute powerhouse. And I mean, about as wild as I can go is he actually isn't jihad, jihad seed. As weird as that sounds, like if there was maybe like we know there are more powerful people than Jihad. If like in some weird way he's actually a descendant of someone stronger than Jihad, and it's like you know the red herring has been Jihad. Like oh he's the seed of the king, like well, Jihad being the like king, Jihad? huh? But why he look like Jihad? <laughs> I, I don't know. He's got blonde hair. He's got horns. Does Jihad have horns? Yeah, dog. Yeah. Does he? Yeah. No, he doesn't. Yeah, yeah. they did. <laughs> he turned to a demon. <laughs> I said they they turned he turned into a demon in front of bomb. They came out. No, he does have them. He He legit has them in the back of his neck. I'm trying to be fucking serious here. All right. Well then, yeah, that sperm sperm donor from Jihad really worked out in his favor. Um, Yeah, he's he's gonna be the next big daddy Jihad, um, probably better. And um, I'm gonna tag in. I'm done. I'm I'm, dude. It's uh, it's bedtime. Shot. It's like eleven o'clock. All right. Anyway, um, I wasn't ready. No, so, <laughs> no. I th- the seed of the king thing has come up quite frequently. So either y'all don't know and you're just curious to hear our theories, or like this is coming up pretty soon, or you're like there in season three or something yeah, like that. And they're yeah. like, "What do you think about the seed of the king? The seed of the king? The yeah. seed of the king? Have you I seen it? Like big? you should be thinking about the seed of the king. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like really the seed of the what? The seed of the king. So <laughs> I am curious. Um, and it's. I think I stated this in a previous discussion, but I don't think anymore that it's Jihad's seed per se, because Jihad refers to himself as having the seed of the king. Mm. So I think it's something that's bestowed or or something intrinsically linked with people maybe that share that lineage, bloodline, or some or people that are just chosen to be worthy. Again, the fact that Jihad and 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 Wang Nan look literally identical. Not literally, but pretty damn freaking close in terms of like the way they're built <laughs> and everything. Um really leads me to believe it's it's more of like a bloodline thing because that would just be like really weird if it's like no we just really look alike i'd be yeah, like yeah, shut yeah. the fuck up you know what i mean like you're not handing me that um so it's, it's like i just sees my nine's like 
cool, dude. <laughs> yeah, and it's like takes a selfie with him. You ever see those like doppelganger things where you like meet someone in Europe or something? You look exactly What's your the name? same. Wang Nanja, dude, that's so crazy. It's so yeah, close. Like stop, you know. So they're definitely they have to be related. They have to share some sort of bloodline, some way, shape, or form. Um, in terms of what extent that goes, are they a clone? Is it his son? Is it a cousin? I don't know. You know, like yeah, yeah. point is bloodline. I think has something to do with it. And the reason I say that is because it might tie into the seed of the demon, whereas Arya, the father might also have that in him and he's able to now pick that out in his son where it's like because there's not many of them from what they say the REAs because he eats them all but or whatever he does you know whatever so like the point is he's a dickhead all right so like clearly he's gonna raise his kid to be a dickhead because that's what he told him to do is be sure. a dickhead so like he's he's like I see that you're a dickhead inside of your inside of your inside of your soul Hi, white I noticed you're a dickhead <laughs> I'm a dickhead I also am one so no like all jokes aside though I do think that there is something to be said about you know these these like supernatural beings are really the only things that I see transcending the 10 great families, um, the heads, mm. jihad, et cetera, besides potential other irregulars, people that come outside of it. But the only things that, that seems to out that outrank them just inherently just, but naturally are the administrators and are these like ethereal or spiritual beings, things that are like beyond that sort of understanding. I would say demons might be one that in, is included in that. Okay. Um, and whatever these seeds mm -hmm. are, you know what I mean? It's something that's like bestowed to these people. So it's like maybe the REA father made a deal or something or was like chosen, you know, in that right when they got up there, whatever the case might be um, to do it. Uh, yeah. So I think that might be something about it. What do you got? Um, I think, I think the seed of the king, specifically that one is a little bit more of like a, uh, not like code name, but like, I think king, I think that part of it is something Jihad placed on it himself okay. where it's like the seed that Jihad had in him was not inherently referred to as the seed of the king. Cause I think the position of king as a tower is something Jihad sure. made up. Um, so like he has that, right. He's like, I'm the king. Therefore, this is the seed of the king. Mm. People see that in Wang Nan, and anybody who can recognize that is like, oh, you have the same, that's the seed of the king. Um, but I think then when you refer to stuff like seed of the demon, the only thing that comes to mind is, A, when White went to that badass transformation for a few moments, um, kind of looked like some good demon. Uh, so I wonder if like, oh yeah, that one. Okay. If, uh, if that demon, if there, if white has a literal demon inside of him again, similar to how Jihad operates and similar to how Bam operates. Cause we know that he acquired the red Thresha, but mm -hmm. the blue Thresha to our understanding he had for much longer. So I wonder if there's like, sort of like you were saying, these beings that have existed in the tower that transcend the people who have lived in the tower and maybe even the existence of the tower itself and like choose like certain people or maybe they choose certain, you know, bloodlines, lineages of people or whatever, or, or, or cling to certain powers or Shinsu, whatever. And like, that's how they decide who to inhabit or inherit or whatever. And, and after that sort of operate off of this, you know, bloodline thing where it's like, Oh, we inherited, or, you know, the demon inherited the body of the, uh, the first REA family member. So now anybody who had not, so it's now not a thing of like everybody in the REA family is going to have the demon, but like now there's a chance because it's in the bloodline. Mm. Same thing with Jihad, where it's like Jihad had got the seed and now not anybody and everybody that Jihad gives birth to or whoever or has in his lineage can have it, but the chance is there now. 
i.e. Wangnan. Um, I think that would be pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, I also wonder if it comes down to um, whoever has the seed. So say Jihad has the seed of the king and Wangnan does. Mm-hmm. It's a matter of whatever being the seed of the king is can't split itself into multiples. Like, I'd imagine that they're two different entities or it is one entity that has to be passed down to another because that would explain why Wangnan hasn't had any crazy power spikes because the seed is probably planted in him. However, the full power remains in Jihad. And it's not a matter of it'll just pop right into him. Like, it might physically need to leave Jihad in a sense, whether it can split in half and move partial of its power, but then Jihad would lose power. So then you'd have to assume that a seed of a king is multiple entities that maybe are comprised of one. So that's where I'm wondering if it's like with... um, we go back to white and his father and he's like, Oh, like, well, like you have the seed of the demon. Like, we'll see We'll have to see how you go. Like, I wonder if it gets to a certain point where it's like, it's a separate demon apart from its dad's power that is able to be like culminated. And then from there, like power can be transferred. Or if it's like you reach to a certain point and now I give you said power or something like that, because the weird thing about if it was like different entities, it's like, is there stronger ones over another one at that point? Like, which seed of the king is the strongest, or are they really the same entity just splitting themselves up in different, like, you know, different forms and going into different people? And it's, like, from there, whoever, like, there would be a whole power, like, struggle because different people would be stronger than others compared to if they were just different individual seeds. So that that is something that makes me curious, and I'm wondering if that is why, Wangnan, we haven't seen him awaken, if it's something that Jihad is preventing in terms of, like, not allowing whatever is inside of him to share power or divert its power. Um, And until it reaches a point where, you know, maybe it like literally breaks free of Jihad's hold or maybe it's something more on Wang Nan's end. Like I'm wondering, you know, what allows that door of access to come through, Um, which we know White has done, which is also curious if we get more of his backstory in terms of how he was able to um, grow said seed of the demon, how that equated equates to his father and his power if it changes anything or it doesn't or really like what that whole stipulation is and see if we can compare it to Wangnan. I I do remember now in the chapters White's dad saying all right you should probably go uh like paraphrasing but he says something Mm -hmm. along the lines of now you need to go like with the demons or you need to go in Mm -hmm. the darkness because like that's where your power will cultivate best. Mm -hmm. What if like these demons or these seeds or whatever can only grow and manifest under certain conditions. So, like, the seed of the king couldn't fucking tell you. I don't know. Whatever, you know, whatever that thing needs to grow, it, like, is mm-hmm. how it grew in Jihad. And until Wang Nan does that or starts doing that or whatever, his isn't good. Like, they are separate, but they require specific conditions to manifest. And it's mm-hmm. them being stronger than the other is a matter of, like, how, you know, how much power you give your thing. To where, like, again, I think it's interesting that Bam has this thing where he is not necessarily cultivating the demons in him. He's actually, like, incorporating them into his own body, Mm -hmm. which I don't think is a regular thing. I think Mm -hmm. normally when it comes to this kind of stuff, uh, you you get to a point where if you give it enough power, like, you got to choose whether Mm -hmm. it gets you or... And again, this mirrors Jihad, where I think once Jihad got to that point, he was like, yeah, whatever, like, take over, do what you got to do. I just want the power. Um, But so I'm curious to see if Wang Nan gets to that point, maybe, or he learned if Mm -hmm. this is even true. Um, And if that's the case... Because I think that, yeah, then that kind of makes sense while it's like 
why he said that to White and what that means. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, they don't all require, they don't all grow strength or gain power through the same method. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I'm wondering, because we know how much Jihad lost himself in growing that power. So yeah. I'm curious to what extent Wang Nan is going to get lost in growing that power, because it's obviously, it's not just like, oh, gimme, gimme, gimme. It's a give and take. And Jihad gave all of himself away for this power. So, you know, for, I would imagine like Wang Nan would have to sacrifice just as much to reach that same caliber as um, Jihad. And to what avail is that going to have on Wang Nan as a person? And it could honestly flip his mindset. We saw it with Jihad. Like he was a happy adventurer, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, now he's a fucking <laughs> dictator. You know, it's like it obviously bears, you know, a big weight inside Neither. of person. I'm Jihad, the happy adventurer. Now I'm a dictator. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why you still be happy? But do what I say. <laughs> Split personality. Put this guy in charge. <laughs> <laughs> Me? You got a fucking problem? He's Mickey Mouse, actually. Let me pee in your cornflakes. <laughs> yeah. All right. Long live the king. Long live the king. All right, folks. That is our discussion for today. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed it. Seems like a long one. How long was uh, that? Yeah, we're clocking. Hour and 36. Holy shit. 35. That is a long one. That is long. That's what You're you welcome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We love you. <laughs> we love you. Um, no, but we are going to end it now. Thank you to everyone that put their question in the Discord and definitely hang in there because we will be releasing our second discussion next week uh, to hold you guys over. For those of you who don't know, we are going to be taking a week-long break starting February 28th. Um, so we will not be streaming that day, Tower of God, and then we'll be coming back that next Sunday to stream it, etc. So obviously, since we're not reading more chapters, we won't have more discussions that are covering those chapters, right? So generally, Isaiah and I will t- take up a second discussion. We're just going to release that during that week, along with the blog posts, in order to hold you guys over for the week, get some more Tower of God content to stave off that hunger that I know all of you have to watch this show. So just so everyone's on the same page. So thank you so much for watching. Make sure you guys are liking, subscribing, hitting that notification bell if you are new here so you don't miss any future content on the AOA show. Make sure you guys are also hitting up the AOA Reacts channel and subscribing there as well. The link is in the description down below so you guys can catch our live streams of Tower of God. A lot of fun, a lot of laughs, and a lot of great read-throughs there. A big shout-out to our patrons, uh, especially our acolytes of anime. That is Stoic and Nathan. Couldn't do it without you guys. We love you all and your beautiful faces. And we have our comment of the day here. Uh, Comment of the day comes from Nick. Nick says, I don't usually comment or talk and chat much, but just wanted to say I really enjoy the TOG content you guys have been doing. AOT and Haikyuu as well recently. I found your channel when I started reading season one after the anime, then caught up in the middle of the workshop arc, and I've been reading along weekly with you guys ever since. I enjoyed a lot of the talking points in this discussion, especially the endorsee question, referring to our last discussion. She's my number one. And Bomb's true purpose. You guys gave me some different perspectives that I didn't have when reading these chapters. Anyway, just wanted to comment for once and show some appreciation. Also, Caliban plays the piano, which was the question. So thank you for answering it. Thank you yes. so much for watching till the end of the video. Thank you so much for being a longtime fan and going along with us, even though you could easily yeah, read ahead. Cool. I love that when people, it's really flattering and humbling when people say, hey, I could read this story. 
but I'm going to, or ahead of time, right? I could read ahead, mm-hmm. but I'm going to read this along with you guys and kind of take this one bite-sized chunk at yeah, a time yeah, yeah. with us. That's something that's really cool. And thank that's you awesome. for, for commenting just in general. Um, it's great to put a face to the name with all this kind of thing. So it, it's nice to know that you're that you're out here, you're enjoying what we do because uh, we certainly enjoy it, and that makes this all worthwhile. So hopefully you got, you, you're going to continue to climb with us for Tower of God and for all the other content that we uh, that we post going forward. Um, we're glad to have you here. But anyway, in terms of a question, does anyone have a question for today? Um, what? <laughs> <laughs> what number am I thinking of right now? <laughs> 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 and I'm gonna see who can get it right. Oh my mm. god! <laughs> oh my god! That is amazing. I am so shot for just everything right now that I can't <laughs> think of a question at all. I'm not reading off a teleprompter. What am I gonna do? You're not reading off a teleprompter? No, I know <laughs> is it's <this> scripted. <laughs> I know it's wild. And these people are like, "Dude, I'm watching the end of the video. Just give me the fucking question so I can put it on there." Probably right now. I'm working on it. Okay, <laughs> I'm working on it here. Um, hmm. All right, I got one. Go, shoot, please. What is the... So we learned recently the whole thing with the gray goo that shows you which Shinju you specialize in. True. Mm-hmm. Which one did it say that Edon specialized in? Okay, so what is Edon's Shinsu type? type? Like, what is his affinity yeah, yeah, yeah. towards it? Okay, great question, because... I forgot. <laughs> I was, was going to so, say, bro, I don't even know this question. So, so, so great. So if you so, get it. So answer the question and then write your comment. We'll know that you watched till the end of this video. And uh, we might just read oh, it. Oh, I remember. <laughs> oh, that was so stupid. Thank you, Gavin. And we wow. might just read your comment for anyone that was wondering oh. um, on our next discussion. Now, Gavin, you have the floor. Would you like to say anything to <laughs> No, anyone? because I can't give him the answer to the question. No, he's not what to I'm interrupt asking. You. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean that's not what you're asking? I'm going to strangle Gavin off the camera <laughs> real quick. <laughs> I just, I just love busting your no, car, please. Um, but anyway, folks, that's all we got for tonight. We will catch you all on the play. Peace. 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 Ninjas are samurais. Blaze of the cool knives. Find me in the leaf of the cloud. Screaming out Bankai. We just some ghouls, though. Who likes seeing parts fly? They like what you're saying. Goma got more through the storylines. I... Tested your neck from the start. My hunters gon' come for your heart. I promise you'll land in my boulevard. Left them in one piece. No.